A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hi, and welcome to the debrief from the business of fashion, where each week we go deep on our most popular BOF professional stories with the correspondents who created them. I'm Lauren Sherman. You've likely seen products from Shein pop up on Google when shopping online. They're trendy, specific, and almost always cheaper than every other option. Founded in 2008, the Chinese fast fashion company is now a global juggernaut, rivaling the likes of Zara and H&M. And recently, reports surfaced that Shein is raising over $1 billion in funding at a $100 billion valuation. BOF correspondents Kathleen Chen and Javi Lieber have been closely tracking Shein's rise and recently broke down exactly what makes it so successful. Kat is with us today to outline the five pillars of Shein's business model. Kat, thanks so much for being here. To start, can you explain to me why everyone is talking about Shein generally? Shein has become quite the force to reckon with, and it really just came out of nowhere, which is why I think the company took a lot of people in the industry by surprise. And the one thing that proves it is how much market share it's been able to gain. So I'll I'll share a couple of data points with you, Lauren. So back in 2019, three years ago, Shein was the 47th largest apparel retailer in terms of sales in the US. So as of 2021, it went from 47th place to number 12. Shein now does more sales in the US than H&M and Zara. Last year, it posted something like $16 billion in sales. So unless you're living under a rock, you've probably heard of Shein. You probably have friends who shop from Shein. You might have even been tempted to shop from Shein, considering how cheap it is. And we think that it's only going to get more popular, considering the $100 billion valuation it got two weeks ago. And to put that into perspective, Gap Inc., which owns Old Navy, which is the biggest apparel retailer in terms of sales in the U.S., Gap has a market capitalization that's just under $5 billion. You and Avi broke down these five pillars, and let's start with the first one, the the sort of easiest one to see, the ultra high volumes and razor thin margins. So you say that the thing that people notice first when they go on the Shein website is the crazy low prices. So how do they manage that? Yeah, yeah, it's it's truly insane. You go on there right now, you'll see dresses for $10 and t-shirts for like three. How do they manage it? We don't know if Shein is making any money. It's a private company, right? So they've yet to disclose whether they're profitable. 
And if it isn't profitable, it's probably because what Shein is trying to do is play a numbers game. So let's say that they sell one pair of pants for $5. On that one pair of pants, Shein is probably making less than a dollar in the profit margin of that one pair of pants. But if you sell enough pairs of pants, the total profit will add up. So even if Shein isn't profitable now, the thesis is that if enough people shop from the brand, it would be able to leverage some of its operational costs, such as distribution, shipping, et cetera. And the investor mindset is one day when it reaches, let's say, $50 billion in sales, it could become a very lucrative business. But it's complicated, right? Because as we've seen with so many other direct-to-consumer brands that have failed to make money, that, that have failed to get out of the red, that it's not guaranteed. But I think the thinking in the industry is that if Amazon did it, so could we. One thing that has separated Zara from the other players in the fast fashion industry is their supply chain. And we've written a ton about that. But you reported last year that Shein also has been investing in their supply chain since, what, 2013? So they've been around since 2008. They started investing in supply chain about five years in. That's Now it's been 10 more years. What differentiates what Shein does on their supply chain versus a Zara or a Gap or what have you that has a more traditional supply chain? Sure. Yeah. So first of all, we know very little about Shein's supply chain because so much of it is shrouded in mystery and they're not, they haven't been forthcoming. But the most important thing to highlight is the way that they leverage big data. So what Shein does essentially, and and I think a lot of brands are trying to do this, but not to the extent that Shein has been able to accomplish, which is Shein uses AI to scrape social media, Instagram, TikTok especially. And I believe just the internet at large for any kind of fashion trend. So like, let's say that two years ago, the big poofy sleeve dresses were really popular, like the Selkie dresses. I'm sure Shein was able to pick up on that like immediately and make a ton of imitations of that dress. So it scrapes the internet for these trends and then very quickly churn out products based on these trends. And and Shein is able to make its lead time as quick as three days rather than having a couple of its own factories. It works with a network of smaller factories. Shein is located in the same city as these factories in Guangzhou, China. Because of the proximity to their factory partners, Shein can further decrease that lead time. And Shein is very discerning with with these factories that they work with. They're constantly reassessing the quality of their partners. So if one isn't up to par, they'll just get cut. It's a very hyper-efficient operation. And, you know, there's been a lot of allegations of labor law violations. Apparently, you know, Shein does kind of shady practices, like instead of paying wages, paying workers a price for every piece that they produce. And, you know, a lot of that remains really opaque. A lot of it is opaque because they're subcontracting and contracting and it's, you know, third party suppliers. And so they can always not take responsibility for some of the things that we don't know. Interesting. I had an experience with Shein last year when I was pregnant where 
I was looking for something extremely specific that I was not able to find, which was maternity stirrup leggings. And I did a search and they didn't exist really, but Shein came up. If you think about just the sheer quantity of styles that Shein adds to its website every day, we're talking thousands. We're talking four to 6,000 new styles every day. And mind you, Shein has a really great Google shopping strategy. I mean, this isn't something that I've reported as much as I've seen as a consumer myself, just like you doing a very specific search for, you know, if I want a green bias cut dress for a wedding or something, and I'll just Google that, likely Shein will be one of the top 10 results because they have so many different styles. And they've really been able to capture that change in consumer behavior, I think, of seeing a trend on TikTok or Instagram and then Googling that trend, describing that style. Yeah. So they have thousands of styles being released every day. And those styles are also very trendy and very specific. Why is that so important to their strategy? Not only having tons of styles, but having like tons of different types of styles that appeal to different trends. I think just to reach as many people as possible. I mean, the idea is that there's just something on Shein for everybody, right? And and so even consumers like you and I, we're, we're not going on the Shein app. We're not going on Shein.com every you know other day, but we're interested in fashion. We're you know looking up trends and we're very specific in our tastes, right? And it's not just us. It could be someone buying an outfit for Coachella, looking for a very specific Coachella look. And so having this volume of styles, very niche styles, and also of having like what Shein does is like if one style sells really well, it'll make iterations of that style, right? So it'll have like 12 products that are very similar, derivative of one single trend, but it's able to do that because, again, of its extremely agile supply chain. So, so going back to the matter of quantity of style, Shein does something that's very counterintuitive, which is instead of having a very specific curated aesthetic, it goes after everybody. And now that everybody knows it, like what's crazy, Lauren, is that the more I write about Shein, the more I'm just like, wait a minute stuff on here is so cheap. Like phone cases are a dollar and they're kind of cute. And I'm like, oh my God, like, should I buy from Shein? But but this is the marketing genius of it. Because of their exposure, you're just like, oh goodness, like if everybody is doing it, I might as well. <laughs> we'll be right back. Hi, this is Imran Ahmed, founder and CEO of the Business of Fashion. When I first started writing BOF, it was out of pure passion for this industry and with an eye to how the disruptive forces of digitization, globalization, and consumer shifts would change the way fashion works. 15 years later, we are well on our way to helping to define the fashion business of the future. As I travel the world, some of you ask me, what's the best way to support BOF as we continue to act as your guide during these turbulent times? The best way to support BOF is to support our journalism by joining BOF Professional, the largest community of fashion professionals in the world. A BOF Professional membership gives you access to our agenda-setting insights and analysis, which you won't find anywhere else, plus the opportunity to learn from our talented team of correspondents and editors, as well as our wider network of the fashion industry's leading creatives, thinkers, and futurists. Follow the link in the episode notes to learn more. 
Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com ACAST. Another thing that's really interesting about Sheehan is this addictiveness of their app. Can you talk a bit about the gamification tactics they've used to win over customers? I think this is really interesting because it's so hard to pull off in fashion. Yeah. If you go on their website right now, like you'll see all these different coupons, like 15% off any order, 25% off orders of 60 plus buy three, get the fourth free. And it's it's crazy because if you're considering how low their prices are already. For Shein, again, it's a numbers game, right? So like putting these extra deals on top of already discounted products, it makes the consumer even more compelled to get on these coupons and get on these deals. And Shein also has created this really clever loyalty program where it gives you points that you can then redeem for free products. So if you create an account, you get some points. If you post a review, you get some points. If you share your Shein outfit on Instagram, you get even more points. You even get points for logging into the app, right? And so it really just drives consumer loyalty and it drives repeat purchases. The final pillar of your thesis is a really interesting one because it kind of flies in the face of everything else the industry is talking about right now, Shein is not sustainable financially or environmentally for all the reasons you have outlined above. But what has that meant for them? And what does that mean for their future? The one important thing to acknowledge is this contradiction in the market currently and the contradiction between consumer sentiment and consumer behavior. So what we've heard about this younger generation of consumers who are shopping at Shein is that they very much care about sustainability, that, you know, an ethical supply chain, a transparent supply chain, and, you know, uh, an environmentally friendly product is very important to them. However, all of these values just kind of fly out the door when it comes to Shein, when you're looking at the sales that Shein has been able to generate largely from these younger consumers, right? And so there's a real contradiction there. And so even when you say, oh, well, fast fashion is not relevant anymore because consumers care more about sustainability, well, that's not entirely true. Fast fashion, this market hasn't contracted at all. In fact, I would say, when looking at the culture of consumption, 
compared to 15 years ago when I was in high school and Forever 21 like just became a thing. And, you know, I would go to the mall every weekend and I'd buy something cheap from Forever 21 and, and I'd be able to explore my own style. And, and, th- and that was fantastic 15 years ago. And since then, I think the pressure for owning something new and, and, and showing off a new outfit every time you post on social media, buying a going out top every single Friday night. I think that culture has only become stronger and more aggressive in the past 10, 15 years. I don't know if this is something that you've observed too, Lauren. I am a little older than you. (laughs) Don't want to say by how much, but I would say that when I was in middle school, high school, there was that culture existed. We didn't have Forever 21. I think it was in business, but Kat, you and I both grew up in Western Pennsylvania, and sometimes we would get stores a little later than other regions. But I remember people doing that, like buying a new top every week. But it was not as significant. And then the rise of fast fashion, it became more. And I I agree with you. I think that Instagram has really, and social media have really fed into this too, because you don't want to have the same outfit. You want a new outfit for every picture if you're posting every day, et cetera, et cetera. So I agree. It's it's a really interesting element to this and fun to see you and the sustainability team explore this topic of how consumers vote with their dollars or don't vote with their dollars and look into that further. I really do believe that it'll be years before we see fast fashion actually waning in power. However, On the regulatory side, there are a couple of legislations that's been proposed in the EU, uh, in New York State Senate, and I believe the U.S. Senate is now considering closing this tariff loophole that Xi'an has been able to benefit from. The EU legislation looks at carbon emissions and, and the New York State one looks at disclosures, so supply chain disclosures. And so there is some, you know, political forces that are happening to target the environmental impact of fast fashion. And if they come to fruition, it will for sure be a headwind for Shein. So that's another thing that myself and and also, like you said, the fabulous sustainability team at BOF, this is something that we'll be following very closely. Well, I look forward to reading your coverage and I'm sure you'll be back on here soon talking about Shein's next move. So Kat, thanks again for joining us for our inaugural episode. It's been great to have you. Of course, Lauren, this is a lot of fun. Thanks for listening to this very first episode of The Debrief. We'll be back next Wednesday with a new story and make sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts to never miss an episode. You can join BOF Professional today with an exclusive 25% discount on an annual membership covering key industry topics from sustainability to technology to marketing with access to our case studies, live events, and iOS app. To get this special offer and benefit from 25% off of a membership, head to the link in the episode show notes or enter the coupon code DEBRIEF at checkout. Visit businessoffashion.com memberships. 
Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher.